You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, I hope you're in for all the feels with me today as we talk with Dr. Camden. You guys remember Dr. Camden Morganti and her husband, John. They are on the podcast today talking about marriage and adjusting from no kids to kids. So whether you're through that or you're headed into that one day or you're in the thick of it right now, we are here for it all together. And I'm so excited to get to talk to her again. She has come on the podcast to do sex therapy chats with me. She's a professor and she has such a gift of understanding that a lot of people still want to carry forward faith and head work, that that triad work. But she also loves to add in the spiritual element. So make sure you check out some of her earlier chats with us here. And then also we're going to get to talk to her and have our youngest podcast guests ever on the pod today too, because she just had a baby and she has a little girl as well as a new baby boy. So we get to talk to them today and even hear the coos a little bit. Um, So before we get to that today, I just want to remind you guys of some really important podcasts to be listening to and also our collective and just give you a brief update. So if you just love all things Enneagram and Marriage and also you want a community, I want to remind you guys that we have the collective coming up so that you can join in with us and have we have monthly trainings you can watch via video or actually join me and get to ask questions and interact and engage and share what you know. I'll be training every single month for an hour and then chatting for the next hour. It's a two hour training. Like I said, you can watch the video afterwards and see other people, but you also get to learn from other people on my team. I have some coaches that are going to be in it sometimes, so it'll be fun to see you guys guys there. We also have PDFs and a video series so that you guys can walk through relationship health inside of the course. And it's only 19 a month and you get a free guide. So it's actually super cheap to join. I hope you guys will. And if you join before June 1st, 2022, then you get in for a very, very low rate. And then after that, we are open for a couple more weeks and then we're closing doors and we'll reopen them again. But we want to close our doors for our founders and make sure we nurture our people so well. So head over to EnneagramMarriage.com if you want more info about that and also the show notes. So I want to make sure you guys know that when you're doing your marriage work, sometimes you're running into each other amongst not only some of the things we'll be talking about today, but your subtypes or your types and each other's shadows. And you know, it can get messy as we do our work. Of course, you know this. But I really have been trying to do some clarifying shorts for you on Wednesdays so that you guys can get more information about how to walk through things on a minute by minute basis. These are just five or 10 minute episodes. So make sure you're checking those out on Wednesdays also. So one of the ones I did recently a couple weeks ago was on this, the ways we sabotage one another unintentionally. I just want to remind you guys, 
guys, that's something we do probably on an everyday basis, all of us. I don't think anybody's arrived, as I often say, but we're all in process and bringing awareness to it and growth is really the goal. And it's a beautiful thing to see it happen. And it's awesome to let that unfold because we all have different gifts we bring together. And when you think of the glow, you I think of, uh, we've talked about elements but you can even think of two balls hitting one another. There's friction. Sometimes they bounce apart. Sometimes they land near each other, but they definitely make an impact. And so I want those little bursts of light or stars, if you will, to really make a beautiful impact on one another. But like I said, often we bring the shadows. And one of the ways we do that is um, Wes and I, I noticed it with us this week in a new way I hadn't seen where he was trying to break free from his compliant dependent stance with something in extended family work he was doing. And I was going back into my instinct of self-preserving and thinking, I've set a boundary around this. And he was like, well, I'm finally asserting a need. And they were in direct conflict with each other, but they were important pieces to both of our work. So I realized that we could co-regulate for each other and we could be healthy emotionally together as we did those different pieces. And I could set boundaries and I could grieve and lament. And he could help me with that a little bit, but that largely he had a different process he was going through. And what it allowed us to do was to both grow and glow together because we weren't sabotaging each other anymore. It was like, oh my gosh, you're trying to break free. And I know our work in our planner is helping us for those going through our Enneagram and Marriage Globe Planner throughout this year or just doing it lightly on the podcast with us. You know there's different ways we we go even deeper. We do a deeper dive than we can do on the podcast. But either way, it was fun for me to see that we were taking time for awareness, taking time for self-care, taking time for emotions, but also noticing just like, oh my gosh, our work is directly doing different things when I need one thing and you need another. And we both need these things. So let's not stop each other in the work. Let's try to support each other in it and then set the boundaries we need. So what it creates is a bit of resistance. And as you know, with fitness, resistance is important to growth. So I just want to help you guys to know that I'm doing that with you. I know Dr. Camden and John are doing that with you as they welcome their second child. But please keep doing the work. It is worth it. You are worth it. And I'm literally so proud of you. Um, So check those episodes out. We also have deeper dive episodes that we have. But family-wise, we are kind of home free from our huge stuff. We only have a couple things now each week, a couple rides I'm giving. And my type four daughter is um, had saved up her money and she's inheriting the minivan-ish from us. And we're just laughing because she's taking her time as a four to get that license still. After, If you were keeping up with me on that all these months ago, she was going to get it, but we just really, her and I both have a four part and we're just enjoying our rides together. But but we're laughing because she as a four is like, I want the minivan. I like the minivan. And we're like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and we live in Florida where nobody drives the same way because everyone comes from other states. So it's actually wonderful. Um, and that was my one thing is like, you have to have a big car. My type nine daughter is um, they're all trying out for auditions this week for the next year's theater performances, and they have to do something quite extensive. She has a really gifted singing voice, and she hasn't always been seen for that. But when people have heard her, a couple people have said, I cried when I heard her. And so yesterday, she didn't want to sing, but I said, you know, it's probably a good idea for you to at least, I tried to be not as aggressive as I normally am, and I'm like, it's probably good for you to at least try to sing 
without for your at your audition. Like maybe I can be doing something else while you sing to me. And she had such a beautiful voice. And then my daughter and husband also heard it, my other daughter. And we were just like, oh my gosh, Melody, like your name means music. But like she had had a year off of voice lessons. And in that year, she had improved so much. And she was singing In Your Midst by Allie Page. It's a beautiful worship song. And I was just like, Melody, how did this happen? And she's like, Taylor Swift, because she's like the biggest Taylor Swift fan in her house. I'm like, well, you know what? Like, you have a beautiful voice and I hope you'll share it. But like, guys, I did not push as a nine. If she doesn't want to share it out there, that's okay. But she had to pick a song and she wanted to be in the theater group because it's a group setting. So just say a prayer that like God's will will be done in her life and that none of us will push. And we've all learned that from the Enneagram work we've done, like get out of her way if she doesn't feel it's time. And so my son's update is that he's starting to use his voice a little bit too as a six who's very young, only 10 years old. And we don't even know if he's for sure a six, but he's in the thinking triad. It was really interesting this week when he was doing his orange belt practice in Taekwondo. And I was just kind of forcing myself to sit there and to be in it with him. And I said, um, I really loved what you were doing. I saw you and I know you're maybe going to be moving to green belt soon. And he's like, mom, I haven't been able to be here all the time. But so kids are getting better than me. And that's not my fault. But he also was kind of saying, bring me more. But what was interesting, it was like, for those of you who are high school musical fans, which I'm not really, but I've, of course, been around kids. It was like the Troy kind of question of, can you do dancing? Can you do acting? Can you do soccer? Can you do taekwondo? Like, can you do piano? All these things he's in. And he's like, I had to miss three practices. So I didn't get to do that. But for him, it was a step even to say that to me, even to say, like, I'm possibly not happy about something. It was it was good. And maybe sometimes the subtle motions that your kids or your spouse or that you make these micro goals. We've been goal setting all month. It was just reminding me of how to goal set in my family in ways that would honor each person in their growth journey. So just being able to say, Jack, you know, we're sorry some of your things have conflicted, but thank you for voicing that you'd like to move forward with this. And I don't know what that's going to mean for this little social guy, but it was really cute to see him trying to use a voice. So I didn't want to stamp that out. And say something like, well, you're the one in all the sports. You know, it was like, okay, he's using his voice. Wes is using his voice. (laughs) So there's this whole conundrum of how do you just show and allow others light to shine as we think of that glow? Like, how do you let each person in your family system's light shine? So keep working with me on that. I love it. I love that we're going to hear from Dr. Camden today because I really think that they've done a beautiful job on showing us how we can do that as spouses, just with with their stances and being six and nine in the Enneagram. They're very similar to some of you and very different from some of you. So we always learn from people who are different from us. So let's tune in together and let them share what they have to teach us. And then we also get to hear from their babies a little bit. Okay, let's talk to them. Guys, I'm so happy to have you on the Enneagram and Marriage podcast today. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having us, Krista. Thank you. Yes. And I feel like I'm in hushed tones a little bit because baby Samuel's here and he's so cute. So I'm so honored that I get to spend time with you and your baby. So I'm excited if we get to hear a few coos in the background. Yes, I think you will. (laughs) Or cries. but. Oh my gosh. But you guys know we've had Dr. Camden on a few times and we welcome her husband, John, today too. So hi, John. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. 
Absolutely. And I know that we have talked about you guys as the six, nine pairing, right? Yes, that's right. And we almost always get to hear from just one person. Sometimes we're, we're blessed to have two on and today we do. So instead of hearing from Dr. Camden about the relationship star, I thought it would be a fun thing to hear from John about just your meeting with Dr. Camden and uh, just what inspired you about her or what you really liked about her from the very beginning. Well, uh, she's always been very intelligent. She's very smart and she's just a very good partner. She's, you know, she is a type six. So there is a lot of uh, worry. Well, yeah, a lot of worry, but I think we balance out very well and it's been a good match so far. We, we enjoy our time together and now we have two kids and we've really enjoyed uh, growing a family. That's beautiful. And I know your daughter is also part of the family too, and she's now a big sister. So I love to hear about the women in your life, your wife and daughter, and tell us how you met. And I know some of our listeners are remembering the story, but it's one I still remember a piece of. So maybe you can share a little from your perspective, John, on how you guys met. I met almost seven years ago. And uh, yeah, 2014. So almost eight years ago. And we were introduced, my mom had met Camden at a women's event at at a church, and she had made an impression on my mom. And my mom connected with her, and I used to go out to dinner with my parents on Friday night. So Camden, uh, my mom invited Camden one night to the dinner. So we met and didn't really, you know, it was my mom, dad, Camden, and -hmm. myself at the dinner. And, you know... I didn't really have a lot to say, but it was it was a good uh, good conversation between my mom and Camden and my dad and I just happened to be there. So, uh, but a couple of days later, uh, I stole the her Camden's phone number out of my mom's phone. We just started uh, texting, and it just grew from there. It started dating a couple of weeks later, and yeah, now we're married. <laughs> have two kids. That's beautiful. And how fun that you were a sleuth there and you got her number from your mom. That was stealthy. That's so funny. Were you expecting that, Camden? No, I was kind of hoping for it after we met because I, I liked him, like just from my initial impressions. And um, yeah, so it was a pleasant surprise when he when he started texting me and then asked me out and we started dating. So you might remember I'd been single for a long time and really, really wanted to find a partner and get married and have a family. And so it was, yeah, it was just, it was God's timing that brought us together. And we were about to celebrate our sixth anniversary this month. Oh my gosh. Congratulations, you guys. And will you be able to get a sitter? Are any of the grandparents close? Or are you like, Hey, we're just having an at-home date with the kids. We are actually planning um, a little weekend trip. We're bringing the baby with us, but our daughter is going to stay with my parents. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy for you guys that you get a little trip. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Oh my gosh. Well, that is beautiful, you guys. So we are pulling back a little bit to talk about life with a new baby and 
the ways that different types adjust to babies, because I think everyone has that curiosity of how do you go through the stage before being parents to parents. So I wondered if you could just tell us a little bit about, gosh, what some of that's like and from a pregnancy perspective. Mm-hmm. We definitely planned and with my Enneagram type, mostly it sh- showed up in my desire to plan and kind of control things. And then as well as like a lot of worries about like pregnancy and delivery and things like that. Um, so that was mostly how the journey has been for me. Wow. Oh my goodness. That makes so much sense that you needed as much as possible, as much as could be planned that that's been a huge piece for you. Um, what about you, John, in this journey of becoming a parent? Uh, well, Camden's always had the plan for our family. Uh, you know, I, I have some input every once in a while, but it's 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 mainly Camden because she is a planner. And uh, um, uh, whenever I, and all of her plans go into having kids and uh, the timing of that, I mean, it's it's been... Uh, it's been very good. So uh, I've gone along with it. That's part of being a nine. You just <laughs> kind of go along with things and adapt as, as the things happen. Yes. That's nice. That's a good pairing in that way. Really, it is because you're able to say this is a preferred state for both of us is the planning for you and then the going along. And of course, there's going to be moments when you say, I don't want to do that. Or she says, my plans didn't go accordingly. So tell us a little bit about when, you know, couples nerves are just shot sometimes in the early years um, or any, it could happen at any time, of course, but like when you hit those walls, when it's hard, um, when you're not getting as much sleep, um, what do you think happens to a couple when they're walking through the early stages of parenting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a, it's just a huge adjustment, um, especially our, our first child was a huge adjustment because say when the baby is born, it's not just one new life, it's really three. It's the baby's life, it's a mother and it's a father um, because you aren't a parent and then all of a sudden you are. And it changes your marriage too. So I think adjusting me personally adjusting to becoming a mother and my identity kind of shifting was a was a huge adjustment and was really difficult with our first I was aware of the research that talks about how marital satisfaction really takes a hit when you have children and stays that way through the early 10 years and so we wanted to try to keep our marriage strong and keep our marriage a priority um he's more like flexible and adaptable than I <laughs> Oh man. Interesting. So John, did you feel like you adapted really well? This is fun for people to hear who might have a nine spouse. Like this might be a natural fit for not every nine, of course, but for many nines. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Being a nine, I mean, most things in my life, I have always been able to adapt easily. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's been an easier adjustment with our second. Sometimes people say going from one to two is harder. And when I would hear that, I just said, oh, I can't imagine it being any harder. And <laughs> thankfully it wasn't like, thankfully it has been easier for us than going from zero to one. Mm. Yeah, so we've, we've enjoyed having our baby boy and seeing our daughter become a big sister and just um, him, just our baby kind of just going along with our family and 
So, um, yeah, so it's, it's been a, a much better transition this time around. Oh, that's great for people to hear too, because for some, it was harder right from the get-go and others, I think you would know by now, baby Samuel's already three months old. So it's those first few months are really the place where it can catch you is first week, first month. And you're saying it was tough, but it wasn't as difficult because you had already a lot of the structures in place and you had already grown so much emotionally together. Yeah. And like I talked about making the shift in my identity from being a non-mother to being a mother, like I'd already done that three years ago. And so this time it was just the identity shift of being a mom of two to a mom or mom of one to a mom of two. So it just wasn't as, as challenging for me. Um, but, but yeah, the, the early months are hard because of the lack of sleep. And then, um, we both just returned to work within the last couple of weeks. So that's been, um, the next like big milestone, I guess, to, to get over is both of us going back to work and arranging childcare. And- oh, that's really cool. And I want to ask you guys about what really do you feel like are some tips for others, but you intrigue me when you talk about just how it went well with planning. Do you mind sharing a little bit about some of the planning that you did? Cause I'm sure some of our listeners are curious and either one of you could share. For both our children, I've taken three months off. Uh, two of those months have been paid. And then the last month uh, just uh, under FMLA. So uh, that, that has definitely helped the adjustment to becoming a father, not have to worry about work. And just, uh, you know, just to adapt. Yeah. And it's, it's really helped us to start off um, on the right foot of being equal partners as parents. That's something we're, mm. we're really passionate about is like, you know, not many dads get the opportunity to take leave. Um, and so that's, that's a privilege that not everybody has, but we definitely recommend it that people take as much time as they financially or feasibly can, because it allowed both of us to really be involved in the care of our children early on um, instead of just me as the mom doing everything um, like you hear a lot with, with parents, I think, especially new parents in those early days when mom's maybe breastfeeding and getting up at night and, and just all of the things that only mom can do. Um, but both of us having time off helped. Yeah, we just try to, to look at it as a partnership. Um, we try to share. We kind of adapt of, like, who can pick up the kids today from, from daycare. Or, um, yeah, right now, it's so it's who can keep the baby while I'm working from home and jumping on a meeting or something. That makes sense. So you still get to work, but and because your work do require such a focus it's nice that you can plan around his schedule and maybe other people's if you have childcare help occasionally. Yeah. We're, we're trying it out this summer with, I'm in the office a couple of days a week and then at home a couple of days a week, we've got a babysitter when I'm out. And then John and I are just trying to tag team on the days when I'm home and take turns keeping the baby or getting him to nap and things like that. So yeah, we're, we're trying it out and seeing how it works for the summer. Oh, that's awesome. You guys, I love that. And I really think it gives people a pulled back look at what it's really like and don't let it intimidate you guys. This is doable. It's just every step has to have some planning. And, and that's one of Camden's gifts is a six. And that's one of the reasons we're so happy she's on the podcast with John because they've pivoted together and and it's been a blessing to let each other's strengths of peacefulness and 
planning uh, be part of this. And just so you guys remember as you know, part of our, our Enneagram and marriage community, you can put these on as well, even though that might not be your two types. Well, you guys, thank you for that. And now tell us things you've learned about how to keep your marriage and self-care going as you do this work. And we would just love to hear that. If you don't have to give us some ideas, like how did you keep your marriage going in addition to the planning? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say it's hard. Um, it's hard to keep your marriage a priority when you've got little kids who have needs and both of us working. Um, sometimes marriage can get lost with you know, what's for dinner tonight and who needs this from the store and who's taking the baby tomorrow and just, you know, all the the logistical stuff of life. Um, So I think prioritizing your marriage, whatever that looks like for you and prioritizing your self-care too. That's really important to me because of the work that I do um, to have self-care time to refill myself emotionally and spiritually. And um, yeah, so prioritizing that, like, not saying because I'm a mom, I shouldn't expect to get any time alone or because we have to, now we're never going to have a date night. Like we still want those things. Um, and we still want to prioritize and plan for them. Um, and the next one would be some of what we've already talked about of being partners, um, and communicating and planning ahead together. John's always been really good about um, pitching in wherever it's needed. Um, and like I said, we, we both share childcare and the care of our home and family. We don't look at it as just my job because I'm the mom or the wife or, or just his job. He works from home um, full-time, so that can sometimes make it easier for him to do things around the house. But what we really try to just look at it as a partnership and communicate about what needs to be done and who's doing what and who has the strengths or the capacities in certain areas. And um, yeah, so not getting stuck in a mindset of, well, I'm the mom. So this has to be my job Mm -hmm. or the dad. So of course work is going to come first. And, um, really he's been the one that's taken off more. Like if our daughter's sick, he stays home with her more and, and things like that. Um, just because of the nature of our jobs and that's just what works for our family. So, um, yeah, so that's my second tip. And then the last one would be to have support because it's really hard to prioritize your marriage and your self-care if you don't have support and um, if you don't have either paid help with with child care or family help um, having grandparents nearby to allow us to have this trip for our um, weekend trip for mm-hmm. our anniversary and um, having good babysitters and then just having a good church home and um, neighbors and friends and things like that that's something we're still working on building our community. And, but yeah, that, that helps us to keep our marriage a priority and helps keep us like staying in the young, really demanding years of parenting. That is so helpful to hear. And I just really think it's a reiteration of what we've been hearing. There's some very basic essentials that have to be part of any healthy family, whatever type you are. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That's so cool. And John, while she was chatting about this, is there anything you would add to that as far as any of those tips about how you've been keeping your marriage and self-care going as you do this work? Uh, yeah, the biggest thing is men can do all the, almost everything I want to do regarding housework mm. uh, and child care. 
men are just as capable as women. So mm. uh, that that's how I look at things, and uh, I mean it, it has definitely worked out. Uh, uh, I, my family comes first. My work does not come first. Mm. I, uh, my one of my philosophies in life is I uh, work to live, not live to work. So uh, mm. by that I mean my family's going to come first. Uh, like Cameron said, I uh, my job allows me to I have PTO hours, you know, uh, paid time off hours. So I am mainly the one that stays home with our daughter when she's sick, just because my job does allow that. And it's it's harder for Cameron to take off work because you know. Uh, she has to, you know, call many many clients to get that taken care of. So uh, it's just easier for me to take take the uh, take care of her sick daughter. Or... Mm. Oh, that's so helpful. I love that you remind us. Both of you have been reminding us within these tips not to be rigid with gender stereotypes, but yeah. to allow in that each one uses their gifts. And that's why we all love Enneagram work, right? Because it's really nice to lend out, like we have different comfort zones, philosophies of life, and a person who really makes sure that um, family is priority is a great person to have at home, whether male or female. And I know you appreciate that too, Camden, but it's just neat to hear you guys say this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, I think we both, both as six and a, as a six and an I, we both prioritize our home and family and, um, and time together. Like we're, we're okay with the simple pleasures of life and just like spending time together as a family. And, um, we don't have to have like fancy cars or like fancy nights out and things like that. We're just pretty simple. And I think, uh, that helps. Isn't your six, nine glow called like harmony or vibes <laughs> yes yeah. harmonic vibes yep yes. yeah so I think yeah it's just it's it's a peaceful harmonious and um very like just focused on our family kind of life that we have and then um the work that I'm that I do that I'm passionate about and how John supports like our family work so that I'm able to do my career work too Mm, that's neat. And within the harmonic triad, actually, you guys are, you're a more emotional processor as a six, and he's more of a positive processor when you're having conflict, if you're traditional in those roles. Um, and so what's also nice about that is after a season of marriage, you do find your vibe if you keep working at it. And I know you guys are intentional also to try to let each other's gifts arouse you and calm you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think early on in our relationship, we found that I was definitely more of the the warrior, or the emotional processor, and that he's he's kind of more of a quiet internal processor and kind of like has this mindset of everything's going to work out. It's all going to be okay. And, mm-hmm. and so we found that like, sometimes I can actually trigger him to move to the stress of a six, you know, that, that stress um, arrow. Um, mm-hmm. If I if I'm venting too much about worries and worst case scenarios and letting my mu- mind kind of run wild. Um, mm. Normally, if I can keep that in check and stay a little bit more grounded, he's really able to help me to just find peace with things and also just to trust God with things and not get so like caught up in my mind. Mm. Wow. No, this is wisdom, you guys. Thank you for sharing. These are gold tips. Um, and, and great sayings that you have when you're feeling like 
one of us needs a reminder. And, and we know with the three, six, nine grouping that it could be either of you at a given point, but like you said, it has more traditionally been Camden, but what we're allowing for here is it doesn't have to all be traditional, but this is just the way it is. You've already shared some of this, but are there any other shadows that you just want our listeners and our community to be aware of, of what can creep in and how can we borrow some of your tools? Well, I'll share one, um, one example from with our daughter, our first child, when she was about four months old, she had like 104 degree fever. It was pretty high for, for like a young baby. And I was on the pediatrician and, um, and they said, yeah, you need to take her to the ER because it was after hours. And of course I reacted with fear. Like I was, you know, just freaking out about what, what could be wrong and just, um, really, up, you know, really scared and upset. And I think John reacted some with like kind of irritation and anger of like, oh, now we have to go to the ER. We're going to have to wait forever. It's going to be like so expensive, you know, like just yeah. why did she get sick? Like, you know, like, so he naturally reacts to stressors in life with more the irritation and anger, which I know is like anger is the dominant emotion of a nine. And I'm more so reacting fear. And so early on, I think when we saw that, like that would often cause me to have more fear, which would then cause them to have more anger and it would kind of just escalate. But now recognizing that, like when I see him start to get irritated, I'm, I'm like, okay, he's, he's like starting to be a little triggered and like, let's kind of try to tone things down, like bring back the, the peace and calm and, um, and help kind of soothe him. And then I, I'm sure like when I react in fear, you recognize that and try to soothe me too. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. And that's just being human that even though you've been married this long and Wes and I are coming up on 20 something and I'm starting to get foggy as I get older, (laughs) but like 25 together is literally like we are still working. So thank you for being vulnerable to say that as much as you are giving us tips. You're Mm -hmm. also saying like we're nuancing with our types. We're keeping the basic groundwork and we're giving ourselves permission to have moods depending on the day. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and another example I would give is, um, like I can be a little bit like a one sometimes in that I think there is a right way to do things. Um, I'm a six wing five. And so I think that can, that can sometimes look like a one in that, like I do a lot of research about things and I think there's like one right answer that's going to give me security and, and just be the key. And so letting John find his own way with things has been important for me to learn that moms can often unintentionally step in the way or get in the way I think of their husbands, um, really owning, um, their fatherhood and like developing confidence and competence as a parent. And so it would be easy for me to, to step in sometimes and say like, well, I've done all the research, so I know the best thing to do, or I'm a psychologist. So I have all this like knowledge and here's what we need to do. And because John is more you know, flexible, like we said, it, it can be easy to overstep that sometimes. So mm-hmm. I try to step back as much as possible and let him find his own way with our daughter. Um, and now with our son, like that, you know, as long as they're safe and healthy, like if he does things you know, slightly differently than me, that's okay. And, um, it's good for them to have that flexibility too. Good for the kids to know that like, um, they can have different relationship with mom and dad. So yeah. So that's something that I still, I guess, still am learning and practicing too. 
Oh, that's beautiful. And I, I think that you're really reminding us he's a great dad too. He's a great husband, but any worries you had just because six is worry about him being a great dad, you're just, even with your one part of you, it sounds like you're like, I know all in all he is. Yes, definitely. I definitely trust him. Sometimes I hear mom say like, Oh, my, my husband can't keep the kids by himself. I don't trust him. And I just completely don't agree with that for us. Like I have no doubts or worries about like how John is as a parent. He's just as capable as I am. So, Mm. um, yeah. So seeing him with our kids and seeing him, um, be such a good father, like it's really, it's really like enhanced our love and our connection, you know, you feel a certain bond when you're parents that you just might not get to experience before parenthood. So, Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And John, you probably really don't like it when people say you're babysitting your child. Cause I hear that with a lot of males. Like, do you ever hear that where they're like, Oh, you babysat your children? <laughs> well, Camden and I actually make a joke of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a babysitter. I'm, I'm their father. So uh, we've made a joke about our whole kind of baby parents. Hard to believe that Yes. Oh my gosh, guys preach it. We are just every single person out there in our community. If you did not have a guy like this, know that they're out there and I'm so glad you guys have each other and absolutely with you that, um, men need to be empowered to know they can be nurturers too. It's absolutely part of their God-given gifts also. So I'm so grateful for you guys today. Um, Let our audience know you guys have so many different facets of what you bring to our audience with uh, just this beautiful marriage and honesty, as well as just even other areas of interest. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what people might find and especially where they can find you. Well, I, yeah, I've been on the podcast a couple of times, so people might be familiar with my work. Um, I have a blog on a website, drcamden.com, and then I'm on um, all the social medias and definitely most active on Instagram as Dr. Camden. Um, and I talk about parenting some. I think that's been something I've talked more about lately as I've now have become a second time parent, um, especially of how to have an equal partnership as parents. I've written some articles about that on my blog, um, just how to make your partner an equal partner, how to really flourish as, uh, as a team and as equal partners in your marriage. So, um, so that's something that, um, people can find on my website or social media and, um, and yeah, this is the first interview John's done with me. So it's a little out of his comfort zone, but, but I'm thankful he was my partner today to yeah. do it. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you were too, John. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I don't have any social media presence or anything like that. <laughs> so I just suggest definitely check out, <laughs> yeah, check out uh, my wife's website and blog. Contact me. Oh. Yeah. Just getting to know our family. I do talk about our marriage and our family. Sometimes we're, we're pretty private about, um, our kids, but like we talk about our experiences as I talk about our experiences as parents and then our marriage and how it relates to some of the things that I write about on social media. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a great reminder too, because you have, yeah, there's purity culture. Now there's parenting, you're adding the layers. And I loved how the baby was <laughs> exclaiming out when John was chatting too. Like that was actually our daughter. She oh, popped no. in. <laughs> Oh, Oh, wow. How cute. Well, I'm so glad. Hey, we got to chat as a family today together. So thank you guys so much for your time with us here. We're so grateful. We had our youngest guests on the show today with both of your kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. Well, thanks. You guys have such a wonderful day. Thank you, Krista. Thank you so much for tuning in with us, guys. I'm so grateful that we got to spend this time together and welcome a new baby when we ha- and celebrate a love story and all the unique glows out there. There's 45 pairings. It's a beautiful thing. Dr. Camden has so many resources for you guys. I hope you really enjoyed getting to tune in with me as she talked about that with us. It was such a gift to see the way that these two have their glow together and just to see what different people are looking for in a relationship and what it brings each one the ability and the stability they need to shine out there. So you can very much see that that's what this family has. And they're raising another beautiful generation of people who can be unique, but also lean in when they need to. So, okay, keep up with her stuff. Make sure you are remembering that our Enneagram and Marriage Collective is coming up if you want to join our group. We are closing the doors June 14th, but there's a special going on through June 1st. So if you're listening before June 1st, 2022, head over to EnneagramandMarriage.com for getting into our collective at the founder's rate. And we are doing monthly trainings and I have PDFs just for you. So I'm very excited about this. And I was very excited to welcome some people already. So have a wonderful week. We will talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.